Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of the Global Heart Failure Academy and is brought to you by Medtelligence. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Iron deficiency, independent of anemia status, is common in heart failure with reduced ejection fraction, or also called HFREF. It's associated with reduced functional status, poor exercise performance, and an increased risk for heart failure hospitalization and cardiovascular mortality. In normal cardiac physiology, contractility increases disproportionately to heart rate, a phenomenon called positive force frequency relationship. In patients with HFREF and iron deficiency, cardiac output increases to a lesser extent during exercise. In addition, HFREF patients with iron deficiency who receive cardiac resynchronization therapy, or CRT, exhibit diminished cardiac reverse remodeling after CRT implantation. So how can we work to improve reverse cardiac remodeling, the force frequency relationship, and also quality of life in our patients with HFREF and iron deficiency receiving CRT? This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Peter Vandermeer. And I'm Dr. Peter Martens. So Peter, as I just mentioned in the introduction, Iron plays an important role in patients with HFREF receiving CRT. So what's your take on the underlying pathophysiology of iron deficiency in patients with HFREF requiring CRT? So it's important to remember that iron deficiency is common in your HFREF patients, irrespective of whether they're getting a CRT implant, and it will affect about 50% of your patients. And to understand the detrimental effect of iron deficiency in those HFREF patients, it's important to remember two things. First, that iron is an essential cofactor of the first three elements of the electron transport chain, and detrimental cellular effects have actually been nicely illustrated by a paper from your group in which you took stem cell-derived cardamyocytes and you incubated them with an iron chelator, difuroxamina, to induce iron deficiency. And what you saw in that paper was that those cardamyocytes, their mitochondria are less able to produce ATP, and that's the energy that cell needs for myofilament shortening and relaxation. Secondly, it's important to remember that iron is an essential cofactor of antioxidative enzymes, and as a result, iron deficiency is implicated in the process of progressive cardiac remodeling. And these two elements become clinically relevant to our patients because if we institute a therapy which normally induces reverse remodeling such as CRT, patients with iron deficiency will manifest with less cardiac reverse remodeling. Secondly, the impact on the energy metabolism that also becomes clinically relevant to our patients and they will manifest during moderate or vigorous exercise with exercise limitations. And this is due to the fact that patients with iron deficiency have less an ability to increase their cardiac output during exercise. One of the operating mechanisms which regulates the contractility of the heart or the cardiac output during exercise is a force frequency relationship. And this indicates the force frequency relationship that once your heart rate goes up, normally you will have a disproportionate increase in contractility. This is called a positive force frequency relationship when your contractility increases disproportionately to your heart rate. Now, we know that heart failure patients, especially when they have iron deficiency, actually manifest the reverse. They will have either a blunted or a downsloping force frequency relationship. 
And the reason for this was nicely illustrated in a paper from Haddad a few years ago in European Heart Journal. And they took a mice model of iron deficiency. And when they stimulated the mice with dobutamine, which induced the heart rate to go up, they actually found that contractility, which was measured invasively using DPTT, was actually decreasing. So those mice had a negative force frequency relationship. And the reason why this was was because they measured myocardial energy reserve. And there was actually a drop in the energy measured as a phosphocreatinine ATP ratio. So there was insufficient energy to sustain that increased contractility during higher heart rates. And given the very important effect of iron on both remodeling and energy metabolism, it's not surprising to see the associations that we see in our clinical practice, that our patients with HEFREF who have iron deficiency, they will manifest with a higher risk to die from cardiovascular diseases, to be admitted for heart failure in the hospital, and also they have a poor exercise capacity or quality of life. Fully agree with you, Peter, and excellent points you raised. I think it's indeed very important to remember that iron is doing much more beyond hematopoiesis. And I think you very nicely pointed out that it's indeed crucial also for proper functioning of the mitochondria. So now I'm interested in how would you approach the care of such a patient? So let me describe a case which we recently had in our hospital. So it's a 51-year-old woman with non-ischemic cardiomyopathy. She's treated with maximal tolerated dose of beta blockers, bisepril 5 milligrams. She received Ramipril, 10 milligrams, an MRA, a spinolactone, 25 milligrams. And she's euphalemic and functioning in New York Heart Association Functional Class 3. Her ECG shows sinus rhythm, 90 beats per minute, and a left bundle branch block with a QRS duration of 145 milliseconds. So our therapeutic plan, once he was referred to our university hospital, consisted of CRTD, adding ivabradine and switching Ramipril for sacubitril falsartan and adding an SGLT2 inhibitor. So at six months follow-up, after CRT, the patient unfortunately had only a 0.2% increase in her ejection fraction and similar end systolic and diastolic volumes. When we did additional lab testing, we found that she had a hemoglobin level of 13.4 grams per deciliter, a ferritin concentration of 63 nanograms per milliliter, and a transference saturation of 18%. So my question to you, Peter, what is the clinical evidence for iron supplementation in patients with HEF-REF and iron deficiency who are receiving CRT, and how does this apply also to this patient? The patient that you highlight is an interesting case, and it's a relevant case. These are the patients that we typically see in our CRT clinic, and the literature would label them as non-responder. They don't seem to improve that much in terms of ejection fraction. So that always prompts us to think about different pathophysiologic mechanisms that might be contributing to the disease. And the lab work shows that the patient has iron deficiency. So this will prompt us to start the patient on IV iron therapies. So first of all, I think it's important to remember that prescribing oral iron in this patient would not really lead to any benefits because the iron out HF trial showed that oral iron doesn't replenish transferrin saturation. So the way to go is probably prescribing IV therapy. And this case that you highlight would be a typical patient that could have been enrolled in the iron CRT trial. 
This was a multi-center randomized control trial that we did in which patients with heart failure reduced ejection fraction who received CRT as part of their treatment plan. CRT worked adequately as documented by a high percentage biventricular pacing. Those had iron deficiency and they had still a persistent reduced left ventricular ejection fraction. Those patients were randomized to either intravenous ferricarboximaltos or to IV placebo. And we measured after three months the change in left ventricular ejection fraction measured by 3D echocardiography. And this was a primary endpoint. And what we saw was that patients who were allocated to the ferricarboximaltos arm, they had an improvement in their left ventricular ejection fraction. This was about a absolute 4% improvement in ejection fraction, which was driven by a significant reduction in the left ventricular and systolic volume after three months. So iron therapy in this patient could induce incremental reverse remodeling. Additionally, in the iron CRT trial, we looked at some supportive secondary and tertiary endpoints. And one of the secondary endpoints that we looked at was actually measuring the force frequency relationship. Remember, I alluded to this earlier, but because our patients have a CRT device, we were able to artificially increase their heart rate in a fashion manner. And we did this using a validated force frequency pacing protocol in which we increased heart rate from 70 to 90 to 110 beats of pacing per minute. And at those time points, we measured the cardiac contractility using a non-invasive cardiac contractility index. Patients in the RNCRT trial, as alluded to in the beginning, they have a negative force frequency relationship. Their contractility goes down at higher heart rates. However, three months after treatment with ferricarboximaltos, what we noticed was that the negative force frequency relationship in the IV iron-treated patients was transformed to a positive relationship, indicating that there is an improvement in the cardiac performance seen in our patients. Looking at our tertiary endpoints, this improvement in cardiac contractility that was actually associated with improvement in the functional status measured by the Kansas City Cardiomyopathy Questionnaire and also an improvement in your maximal exercise capacity of our patients. Thank you, Peter, for this very clear answer and also for elaborating on the IRON CRT trial. Very important data you showed there. And I think it's also very much in line what we observed in the AFFIRM acute heart failure trial, where we also observed improvement in quality of life during follow-up. For those just tuning in, you're listening to CME on ReachMD. I'm Peter van der Meer, and here with me today is Dr. Peter Martens. We're discussing the impact of iron deficiency on cardiac remodeling in patients with heart failure with reduced ejection fraction. So that's indeed how we treated our patient, Peter. We gave her intravenous iron because she was iron deficient. Her ferritin level was below 100. And the definition of iron deficiency in patients with heart failure is based on two components. On one hand, ferritin, and on the other hand, transplant saturation. So when the ferritin is below 100, iron deficiency can be diagnosed in patients with heart failure. But sometimes ferritin levels may not reflect very well iron status in patients with heart failure because it's an acute phase reactant ferritin. So it might be elevated while there is still iron deficiency present. So when ferritin levels are between 100 and 300, transfer saturation needs to be measured. And if transfer saturation is below 20%, there is even when ferritin levels are between 100 and 300, patients are considered iron deficient. This definition is used in many trials. So, for example, the FAIR-HF, the CONFIRM, and EFFECT-HF. And all these trials showed a beneficial effect of intravenous iron, like correcting iron deficiency 
improving exercise capacity and quality of life. And I think recently we also showed data on hard endpoints from a firm where we showed what I mentioned previously, a benefit on quality of life, but also a significant reduction in heart failure hospitalizations. So one question, Peter, what are your thoughts on heart failure patients with iron deficiency without an initial response of CRT? I think it shows that heart failure is a complex disease and very often in the patients, multiple elements contribute to the poor trajectory that we see in our patients. So for patients that we typically see in a CRT clinic, because they receive CRT, their electromechanical dyssynchrony as one of the pathophysiologic mechanisms contributing to their heart failure is being alleviated. But I think it also shows that about 50% still have iron deficiency, which is another pathophysiologic mechanism contributing to the overall heart failure of the patient. So it's important, I think, that we screen these patients and if they have iron deficiency, that they treat them. And I think this multi-level intervention with CRT, IV iron, other drugs, combining everything will put the patient on the best possible trajectory. And I think this is always the goal in our CRT clinics try to make the patient as good and try to improve their disease in a best possible way. Well, this has certainly been an excellent conversation. But before wrapping up, Dr. Martens, can you share your one take-home message with our audience? The iron deficiency is common in your CRT patients. 50% has it. And if you treat iron deficiency with intravenous ferrocarboxymaltose, this can improve the cardiac function and the structure that you observe in your patients. Fully agree with you, Peter. And iron deficiency is indeed very common, and we should look further than only hemoglobin. The majority of the patients with heart failure and iron deficiency have a normal hemoglobin value. So it's very important also to screen for iron deficiency in patients who are non-anemic. And treatment of iron deficiency improves not only quality of life, but what we've seen also from the AFFIRM study also reduces heart failure hospitalizations. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. So I want to thank our audience for listening in. And thank you, Dr. Peter Martens, for joining me and for sharing all of your valuable insights. It was really great speaking with you today. You have been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Medtelligence. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash heart failure. Thank you for listening.